Because if you think about back in the day, Anzaya, when you've been in a club, you kind of walk in a little pack to almost mm, protect that's true, yourself. Because yeah, some guy's gonna grab your wrist. Not even like, just yeah, your wrist. Right Not even your wrist. Why? Like, what else has been- your the amount of times, like being honest, that I've had my ass grabbed, like in what? A, of yeah. course, in a club Absolutely. back in the day. Because and so that's the kind of thing you kind of walk almost kind of like. What kind of clubs are you guys going to? If you're walking in a big crowded club, it happens. Hello and welcome to Color Out the Box. And as always, I'm your host Mo. And joined today, I have two people, which is quite good. I have returnee Nathan. Hello, everyone. Also known as DJ Impulse, Impulse, Impulse. And We're still doing that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a thing now. Ah. And also returning um, Dioff of um, AfriClick. Dioff, just remind everybody, just tell us a little bit about um, AfriClick. Okay, perfect. So I'm the founder of AfriClick. AfriClick is an app. We launch, our beta Android version will be available before the summer is out. And in essence, AfriClick, uh, we are a dating and networking app. And our mission is to help Afro-Caribbeans, professionals and creatives connect through their culture. And the way we've done that is by creating a really cool app that takes into account the fact that, say, somebody like me or somebody like Mo or even Nathan, Mm, we say, for example, we may not do too well on Tinder because you might have to swipe 30 times before you even see a black person. Yes. And then if you see a black person, you don't know if they date black people. Yes. (laughs) And all very true if you still see a black person like a nathan you know i want to know where his roots are is it caribbean yeah. is it west africa or where in africa where do I want those broad to... shoulders come from exactly yeah. i want to know what his religion is i want to know what his profession is you know i think the the way we date within our culture is uh it's quite different so really africa is it's really it's something that i think it's for the culture it's for us you know it's founded by me but it's by us as well Okay, nice. So, and if anyone wants to find out more about AfriClick, you can just look at the podcast description or visit Colour Out the Box and we'll put um, all of Dial's um, company details there. And as always, you can find Colour Out the Box on Instagram and Twitter. Um, Do tweet us, DM us, email us, let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. So, it's been a bit of a, I don't know, jam-packed week. There's been a few things going on. Still mm-hmm. summer in London, which is good. Um, so I thought we can start off with um, the World Cup. Yeah. So Nathan, as the resident football expert, <laughs> I feel like you're more equipped to like start off this discussion. Do you want me to talk about the football itself or do you actually want me to go anywhere else? Because I can start with the football and say that, yes, no, it was a very I... good World Cup, <laughs> but I don't think that will okay. intrigue you. <laughs> we, we won't go for the punditry and all that kind yeah, of stuff. There we go. So if we can maybe just skip straight to the final. Oh, yeah, also England didn't win. So yes, I didn't England. get the... So on the last episode, we recorded, I think, just before um, England played... Croatia. Croatia. And I was... If we win, we would have got a bank holiday. We would have? Well, Nobody there was, was going talk. into work. <laughs> An unofficial bank holiday. No, I think they would have given us a bank holiday. Do you think? If Just England got to the final... And won it. Because they... No, no, I don't think even if they won it, I think they would have given a bank holiday just really? for getting to the final. That's interesting. Because I don't know if the government can give bank holidays on such short 
notice. I'm sure someone would. And let's not out. forget all the key workers, the nurses, oh the hotel staff, <laughs> the and all the people <laughs> who will still have to miss public transport to come into work to serve us, so we can all enjoy. I'm just saying, everyone would have been too drunk to get in anyway. So no one would have. People wouldn't have gone to work. Obviously, we're saying it in jest, but I think there's a level of privilege that lets us say everyone can get in because we know say for example even in america with hurricane katrina the story was that while your average citizen like you or i was like let me find my friend at the high-rise apartment and be safe the key workers and the hoteliers were literally leaving their children almost in danger because they had to get into manhattan to work to make sure that the more privileged people could obviously we've digressed oh my a little God, bit you're taking it all the way to death Look, i just i did a lot I'm of just, reading recently saying, about the sewer people in new york and hurricane katrina and i'm just, just saying we could have we could have got a bank holiday oh, i don't um, know if we i could don't have i did maybe even if they hadn't have given it um, on the final Sunday, I think if England had won, definitely there would have been some kind of parade, and we would have had some kind of. I think there would holiday. definitely have been a parade and a red, yeah, an and open bus top, yeah. like after the Olympics going around London. But I don't know about a public holiday. I think we would have got one anyway. We didn't win. So <laughs> moving on, France uh-huh. obviously won. Yeah, our, our, our second team, the the African team. So oh, was yeah. you was you behind France like in the final or Croatia? I expect different to win you you expect but who was you supporting um well originally i was um supporting france now the truth of the matter is is like france from the jump had what was many people glass as the best squad or the yeah. most talented squad that was in the uh, in the finals um some people believe that the germans or the brazilians might win because of their pedigree but in terms for man for man a lot of people expected it to be france and they delivered which was really good Okay. Can I ask, when you say that the pedigree of the Germans and the Brazilians, what mm. does pedigree mean in the context of football? Uh, in regards to the fact that, A, they're, they're usually there or thereabouts. They usually win or they're usually in, in the discussion of the team that is going to win. I mean... Um, but when you say pedigree, what does pedigree mean? Um, in terms of their talent, I would say. So it's believed that the... Port- was it Portuguese? No, it was the, the, um, the Brazilians and the Germans. So they said they have talent. It's a belief that there's the saying that many people and that the Germans always there or thereabouts when it comes okay. to their football because they either win or they're really close to winning and the Brazilians oh. over history they've won the world most the World Cup the most often t- um, times of anyone I think they've won it five times and as a result they're always regarded as like either the favorites or the second favorites even if they don't have a good team the way it's looked at is the fact that they're always they're nearly there you know in the case of England, England have only won it once on our own soil. And when that's happened, you know, we, we can chant, it's coming home, it's coming home, or we won, and England being the home of football. But history states that we don't really football. do well. And is yeah, England globally they, regarded as the home of football? They invented it. Well, it could be like cricket or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. It's and also, to be fair, the Premier, um, the Premier, the Premier League is, is, is the, the richest mm-hmm. league in the world. Fo- soccer yeah. or so even economically league. is. Yeah, yeah, football. yeah. So anyway, we've, I, I nodded off just then. So um, uh, just moving on. <laughs> so France have won. I was supporting France. We love France. So I was, my allegiances were obviously with Nigeria. Um, from the beginning then obviously following Nigeria it went to Senegal and then following that I kind of was open to whoever had the most black players and I think France 
what is it like 80% of the team (laughs) is like black and from Africa like there's I'm sure there's some Nigerian heritage people in there um, Cameroonian not really because we we, we weren't a French colony but um, Mm, but bearing in mind the whole of West Africa genetically yeah there was there was a there's there's a Basically, a few of our African neighbours are there. So Absolutely. there's Cameroon, there's... Um, and we're all Ca- the same. Cameroon, really. yeah. Cote d'Ivoire. In terms of um, genetics and the land yeah. mass, yeah. it was it's the, it the colonisers that came and cut it into strips. True. Yeah. But when you do your DNA and they say, I don't know, Ghana versus Nigeria, it's the same DNA. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We're going to get into a, we're gonna get into a well, we're gonna get into a jello I, yeah, now. Right? I, I, from an African bland perspective, can I just say, we're all brothers very true we're all together so yeah so i was like naturally supporting um france and then obviously france won and a lot of tweets um were going around saying oh my gosh um the first um african team to win the world cup (laughs) which um france themselves haven't taken to so kind um, to kindly with that and well not all of france but certain people within it and basically the most, I think probably because he's quite high profile, there was P. Diddy who put out Instagram um, post saying congratulations to France for winning and he put hashtag black excellence. And if you read the comments, it's literally like a, it's just, you can just see like it's just a fight between people saying well, lots they're of French. White, lots of white, pe- white people. Yeah, saying yeah. Saying French. that they're French. Why are you trying to make it about race? Um, and then also then there was Trevor Noah on his um, chat show saying that they are the players are referred to as French when something like this happens. Um, oh, did but, he make that point? Yeah, yeah but what? he said otherwise they would be referred to as African yeah. if it was something negative or yeah. immigrant. Yeah, it was yeah. really just a, a joke. Well, the segment on uh, on his yeah. show, and uh, he made mention of the fact that. You know, France has a big uh, has a big African background contingent, at least in it. Um, at least like eighty percent of the entire. All right. So on his show, uh, Trevor Noah, what he did was he made up. He had a little segment on his show when he was congratulating France for winning the uh, the World Cup. What mm. he did was he made this reference to the fact that um, a huge percentage of the team. Could have their roots traced back to Africa. Not even traced back. Let's not let's not go <laughs> let's not go like to say like well, oh they had to do ancestry.com or okay. do you know what I mean? Like, or do, you well know, we had some Algerians, they, you know, we had they, some, we, no, yeah. no, because even the Algerian, he's half Algerian, the half like the other parent is African, like do you know what I mean? Like it's not or there's enough melon in that to know. Yeah, the, it's <laughs> right. not it's not kind of it wasn't a secret or whatever. No, these it wasn't these a are first generation um, immigrants. Some of them have come to the country, some of them um were born in the country, the same way we are and everything, where yeah. we either born in Nigeria or some of us are born here but our parents were not born in the country. No, true. But uh he made a reference and he put down as uh, Africa won the World Cup. They did. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. But um, apparently, the one of the um, it obviously went around. Some people weren't happy with it, but it actually got to the ear of the uh, French ambassador to the United States. Yeah, and he wrote a letter, mm-hmm. which I, originally I thought this was a joke, but it actually of turned out to be all the things to be stressed about. Of he, all the things that are going on in the States for the French to say, yep. oh, you know what, it's this a is lot a problem for an ambassador to write a letter yeah. to. Uh, yeah. 
But it just, I think it just shows like, because yeah. this is an entertainment show. Yeah, yeah, it is. Trevor is a comedian. And he's so a whole ambassador. Yeah. yeah. Has is taken time. a letter to, to a comedian. Yeah. To, to Even if it was CNN and they got their facts wrong, exactly, it's the ambassador. like a news outlet or if yeah. it was but, another okay. politician or something like that. But he's a entertainer. But, yeah. but he wrote a letter to him saying, that um, the way he put it was downplaying these people for not being like they're not. They we're saying that you're not saying that they're not French, that they are French pe- people. And if you put it in that way, you are highlighting a belief among certain people that you can only be French if you're white, which is not what he said. All yeah. he was saying was, and as he explained later on, he said, "All I'm saying is, yes, they're French, but they're African. Why can we not celebrate the fact that they are both?" Yeah. Exactly. And also sidebar with the whole French situation, France is one of the few um, countries that still collects um, colonial tax from the countries that they colonise. So they still, and if they stopped collecting that money from those countries, literally um, France would go into a recession. So they're still taking money from places like Haiti, from Cameroon. So, and also in terms of their immigration policies they do have some they do have quite a history so for me i think it's fair to say that these guys are african they They can be french as well the same way like if you think about your own identity i i would never say that i'm english yeah and i think more importantly the way the way france as a country treats them they yeah. are treated as second tier citizens. Unless they're doing something amazingly exceptional that benefits the country. In permitted fields. Exactly. And I think in France, they clearly let them maybe do sport, but do they let them do science? Do they let them do singing and entertainment? Did you see mm-hmm. that? There was this um, clip that went viral that was from France where this um, baby or toddler was hanging the French from guy a, climbed. A, a balcony. Mm-hmm. And literally mm-hmm. this guy, and he was described yeah. as African immigrant, climbed several floors outside of the building. Yeah, I've seen the video. And then impressive. saved the baby and everything. And then as a reward... The he climbing was, gi- was impressive. It was <laughs> impressive. Oh, yeah. He was given citizenship. So it's like, you have to almost be, I'm going to say it, the exceptional Negro. Then it's like, oh yeah, you're a good French person. You're French. But when you're, even just being mediocre, you're still referred to as the African immigrant. But France have a very prominent right wing, don't they? Yeah, they I do. I mean, uh, Marie Le Pen, you know, she's one of uh, Nigel Farage's biggest fans, so to speak, when it comes to um, the whole right wing going on over there. And... Um, even she's like even before the World Cup, she was putting in stuff about how the French team, like as they refer to as Le Bleu, but um, she was referring to them as being the the, the Blues, which is the the Blues, the Blacks, and the Africans is the way she was putting it. And that you know she has a lot of influence out there. She's not as big as as some like leaders in let's say America for example but she's very prominent and her family has been very prominent in the right wing uh, media out there so obviously what she has said has resonated with a lot of people who are in France and that's the reason why you have that big division but I I mean I probably just feel from my perspective I mean for me personally I'm like I'm not going to pretend to me I think for people of colour France is a hostile Mm. environment uh, particularly compared to the UK and of course from them maybe even the North African African um, contingent yeah. which they have they've now been able to project 
terrorism mm-hmm. onto yeah. that. Yeah, so I think oh, yeah, I think sorry, they were that was another thing. Not only were the players African, a good percentage were Muslim, Muslim as well. Saying, yeah. So again, that was another thing of like, okay, these people, and I think there was one thing that I found quite interesting. There was this cartoon where it literally showed. Um, this kind of like um, this immigrant like boat coming to France um, carrying the World Cup I don't know who who was the illustrator that that was behind that but I think that kind of summed up the situation Uh, the British you know we've integrated uh, people like um, Danny Welbeck who's Ghanaian and and Dele. Uh, Dele, Dele Ali. Oh, Dele. <laughs> Dele, who got booed like hell during the um I Nigeria was there at the Nigerian yeah, that's right. Yeah, friendly. We, were, though, yeah. we did boo him. Mm. We shouted. Why was he booed? Because we, he's Nigerian. Like so it was, it was friendly. Oh, but he boo. was playing on the UK side. He played for, he played for England, he Dele for England, Ali. Yeah. And we literally, when he came out, literally everyone was like, boo, treta. <laughs> <laughs> With accent. <laughs> literally, it was like that. But it was friendly, boo. You know how Nigerians, we can be dramatic sometimes. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um but can I just say the England squad um I like the fact that it is quite like a mixed squad so it it's kind of like you have like people that you can see clearly are like African or from the Caribbean you have white people so I understand more about young people in this country being behind England me I wasn't really mm worrying about okay if england to make it or not because i had a my own vested interest in the bank holiday so that was <laughs> my main priority but other than that if england won or lose i can't say that it affected me that much but i did see the younger generation were really invested mm-hmm. in it so and it was weird for me but then maybe because i'm older and i've been in this country longer but i can understand why they got caught up in the hype and you mean the black the black generation. younger generation I think for a lot of them as well they support a lot of the black players within exactly. the squad so yeah. they just want to see their people win I mean I yeah. think with Puff Daddy's comment where he says hashtag black excellence yeah. to me I mean I'm not so into football per se but I do see football maybe a little bit like boxing or even people of colour in sport where it's one of those few areas where the playing field is truly levelled and everyone can come and compete. So I feel like yeah. when Diddy says black excellence, I'm sorry, look, this is kind of what it's showing. If you put us on a level playing field, mm. statistically, we are doing better. And I think to your point where you were saying around the German team, traditionally being quite Anglo-Saxon, we're saying the UK team is quite mixed. I mean, again, I don't know much about football, but I can only imagine, surely if you are a senior, I don't know, player manager, they kind of almost really have a choice probably not dissimilar to NBA. Do we just want to black out the team with the talent that we know is definitely going to win? Or maybe in Germany, I'm sure it wasn't organically. Does that make sense? But so I think they almost have a choice. And I guess in America, if we look at maybe NBA, but black is the kind of majority and I don't want to go into... But the only thing I would say with that is we may be as black people will be the majority in terms of the players but when you look at the managers absolutely in terms not. of black people oh yeah and i'm not talking not. about economic structures yeah. and power i'm not saying this advances yeah. black people as a whole yeah if anything because that's the one thing that i would say is, like, is, is lacking different. in football is like there's there's so many that are, are players turn managers and how come even look someone like gareth southgate who used to play for england mm. and is now the manager of the england team but you 
very rare. I don't know of any um, black um, managers. There's no black managers at top level. But then again, having said that, English managers in general, there's not. There's very few at top level. And yeah, then you have to go further. And then you have to go further down to get a black um, mm. guy who's a, a black But even if you manager. think of like the NFL and the NBA, all of those team owners are normally like. Yeah, white the, people. Oh, the team. The team owners are always um, yeah. white people. Which is more of a finance thing, I would yeah. say, even more yeah. than up the rank, right? Yeah, because and it's I know, typically a businessman with money that will be like, yeah. I'm going to buy a share of. Yeah. But then at least in America, you do see senior coaches, black yeah. coaches, and yes, they, the coaches you, there seem usually, to have But they're usually people who have names pool. previously, like they've um, either come from playing the game and they already have that name, so it's easier for them to get in there because they've got back, they've got love on their name from back in the day. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's very difficult for them to work their way up in that sense. But just want to go back to the old... Mm. Um, P Diddy thing about black excellence and yeah. people's re- people's Hashtag reaction black excellence, yeah. and the, and the reaction to it and, and I don't understand why as um, Trevor Nova says he said black excellence he didn't say anything against French people no. but then wh- how does that inspire people to say oh you're undercutting the fact that they're French so um, you know Public Enemy did that um, sorry I'm, I'm a classic hip hop hip hop person mm-hmm. the the album Fear of a Black Planet yep. I feel all of it stems back to yeah. that type of thing so. I think there is this intricate fear. All these amazing black football players, I don't know, is it that they have more fast twitch muscles and genetically things are slightly different? Or what's... I think that's, that's, I think people that's, that's are afraid. Science, what's making them look better? Is this a, I don't want to say super breed of human vibramen and stuff like that, yeah. but I think people are... It's a fear. Because okay. they've had the upper hand, as we said, colonialism, controlling everything for time and... I think, to your point, I, I think it's the fear. Because okay. who would want to see power reversed? Mm-hmm. Well, moving on. So we're going to move on from the whole Africa winning the World Cup. Amazing. She's moving away from football. <laughs> oh, we said all that. Africa winning. I wanted to also bring up, so I actually tweeted it on Colour Out the Box. So yeah, do have a look at our Twitter account. There's always loads of stuff there. Um, I tweeted the recent um, Charlemagne situation. Oh, Lord. So he has been... So there's a few things going on with him. So there's some... There's a rape charge that was against him um, quite a few years ago is resurfacing in terms of um, the victim, I think, is um, pressing charges again or has raised a civil suit. And then there's his comments about... I don't even know what if you want to say about rape, but his comments about slipping something into a date's drink, mm-hmm. them getting completely drunk, and then him having sex with the person and laughing about it on his podcast. Saying that she was okay with it. Yeah. And um, so I want to talk about that. But then also I want to talk about the conversations I've had with men following all of this coming up and men that are Charlemagne fans Mm -hmm. because I know quite a lot of black guys that consider him like you know straight talking blah 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 that kind of thing yeah (laughs) I don't know Nathan if you're one of those people I'm very mixed in Charlemagne okay I I do listen to his pod every week though do you? So you listen to no, I do. It's aside from your podcast, it's one of the few ones I listen to. Aside yeah. from business podcasts, yeah, but yeah, I actually listen to it. So um, I don't know. Should we just um, play the clip first? Yeah, because I I need to record it. <laughs> 
Yeah, okay, fine. Let's play the clip first, um, so we can at least. Um, okay, it. so that's the clip. <laughs> and he, he mumbled a little bit at the beginning, so I yeah. couldn't quite. He says he went to the store, he got the Spanish fly. Yes. And then. Put it in the ENJ. He slipped it in her ENJ. So I don't okay. think. So I'm from what I understand from that, I don't think she was aware it was in her That's what drink. I was trying to work out. And. At the end of the clip, um, he talks about her being drunk, almost flat out, blackout, sorry, um, drunk. So, um, thoughts, people, <laughs> what do you think? So, and then also, as I said, there's a re um, the rape allegation has come back, it's been recently reopened, where um, a girl at a pub. At a party, from what I understand from the story, she went to a party when back in early 2000. So Charlemagne was like 25, 26. The girl was 15, um, and was she said that she was drugged and raped. And at the time, her mum encouraged her to drop the charges. However, Charlemagne has told, been telling the story that you know, because he actually did serve some time for this because it was in his house party. But um, he, you know, claims that he had nothing to do with it and that he was only arrested because it was his house. So, thoughts? What do we think? That's a heavy sign, Nathan. <laughs> I mean... Uh, listen. It's, it's, there's a couple of things here because I've also seen the... I, I've, I've also seen the reaction to it. And... Yeah. Um, and he talks about this a lot in his book. I don't know if anyone's read it. No, I, haven't, I haven't. Um I think what's it called? Um Black Privilege. Mm -hmm. Um I've I I got I've got it on audiobook, so I have been listening to it, but I don't know. I'm not I'm not Charlemagne's biggest fan, so I don't want to start. Same here. Yeah. Um I get the, the the love for him and everything about him being a straight talker, but sometimes it's for me he just comes off as controversial just to be controversial. Exactly. Um he keeps during that entire story. He never gave any indication that she knew that he was putting uh, the Spanish fly into it. Mm -hmm. And then after it, she's like, "What happened?" I think Spanish fly is supposed it's supposed it's, to be like an like Afrodisiac yeah. Afro yeah, or something. Yeah, it you is. were just gonna say it makes you horny, but yeah, Afrodisiac. <laughs> um, so I don't know if it makes you like ketamine, um, where it actually knocks yeah, you out. Like you, it's, so it's not like a date rape drug, but and she it's unproven. was. She was drunk to the point where he says himself that she was blacked out. Yeah. He seemed to be quite aware of what was going on to mm -hmm. the point where he was able to relate to her what had happened, whereas she couldn't remember anything. So as far as I'm concerned, she sounds like she was just out of it. So, and also he says in the clip, well, he knew it wasn't rape because they were going to have sex anyway. regardless. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but she didn't give consent it sounds like yeah which is what so I was it saying sounds pretty much like if we look at what rape is and we did a whole episode me and you Nathan where we talked about consent yeah. so and we never really quite got to a conclusion but for me if I was hearing this from a friend of mine I'd be very concerned that if she went through this and was telling me like, oh I'm not sure what happened. I'd be thinking you was raped. Just because someone says that they had intentions of yeah. um, sleeping with you does not mean that they don't have they the chance go to change their it. mind. Yeah, of course. You know, so as far as I'm concerned, yeah, it still falls under rape. I mean, for me, 
what do you think i mean first of all for me charlamagne is like i do listen mm. um the, well it's always him and andrew together the podcast is one of the few that entertain entertains me but then for me i can with my media content i can consume it regardless of whether or not i buy into the person so mm-hmm. i kind of separate the two i mean where he says they were going to have sex anyway the line between what's the line between drunken sex and yeah. rape out of interest like i know i've had a, i've had drunken sex yeah but to his point of i've been in situations where yeah we both know what's going down mm-hmm. but we might be wanting to enjoy a couple of glasses of wine chill mm-hmm. da, 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 the alcohol gets you to that point you're lit da, da, da. but granted i did not give consent we didn't say yeah so we are going to have sex later I don't even so let's proceed to but i um, think consume. If, but i'm not saying that what i'm saying is where is the line between drunken sex i think and, where one uh, person rape. is out of it to the point where it doesn't even sound like she was conscious like you know during the so the line is basically if one individual passes out and the other individual yeah. continues and, and I that's, I that, that's and to the because even to the point where he was saying that oh you know she had to ask what did happened? i just have sex with you and that's why i'm saying drunken sex because yeah you it's very normal to have i've had conversation with friends after drunken sex sometimes you're like my god i can't even remember yeah and people sometimes you have you had a conversation with friends where you're like how was it and they're like i can't even remember but would they but, think that maybe someone else because she asked a question like oh did I have I sex think with that's your because cousin? they were about that life. Meaning, which is when, when Charlemagne talks about his past and he's very open about it. For the fact that she had sex with Charlemagne in a small I gather it was an apartment and the cousin was even nearby. He as came, in, that's what I'm saying. That they the they were I said I can't even relate to that, but they were about that life, meaning she yeah. had to ask. But you could tell that probably for her as an individual, which is probably really sad, this probably isn't the first situation when they talk about running trains or a guy yeah. finishes yeah. and another girl comes in and goes, Oh, can Absolutely. my guy friend get it? You know, yeah. like they were kind of in that life. I mean, first of all, like, no, I think having sex with somebody who is passed out uh slipping substances if as a man you're having to do too much to move the process on then to me at that point it's not even sexy like like stop and it's becoming illegal it's becoming manipulative like the beauty of sex it is consent exactly so i think he's wrong like i do think it's wrong on the other hand something which i will say about charlemagne is that it's really a lot of his voice that we are even now having these conversations now. So if we look at black men, if we look at hip hop culture, if we look at rape culture, he has really helped to open up this conversation. I can't, open can we think the- of any other black men in the media sphere who really talk about this and admit this is what I did? Can we think of anyone but else? He, there's a difference between opening up the conversation and saying, yeah, look, this is what I did in hindsight that was uh, not a great situation, but... Okay, but the first question I'm asking is, can we think of any other black men, kind of at his level, hip-hop culture, who are openly talking about rape culture? But I don't think he is talking about it in that context. I think he was... Okay, but can we think of anyone who is? No, no. no. So at least he's somebody that is starting the conversation. Well, apart from the ones that maybe are... So, for instance, like Rick Ross had that thing where he had the line in his song, um, I'm looking at Nathan. Yeah, he um, stopped about... Okay, that's different from talking about it as opposed to throwing a lyric in the song. Okay, so Rick Ross had one lyric. But Charlemagne in this But is anyone else talking? Does Rick Ross ever give an interview and say this No, but I don't think Charlemagne is actually talking about rape culture. I think he was relaying a 
uh, what he thought was a funny story and it's oh. opened up her whole conversation. I think this is I think this is what's missing in the context maybe because I listen to the pod yeah. generally. I am used to him always saying on the show which he says a lot he and Andrew say a lot. They were like the way we moved back in the day was wrong. The way we saw sex as a conquest, let's get it but from the girl. But he's not been apologetic is, about um, this wrong. And which is maybe maybe the context because for me maybe listening to it for about 3 yeah. years back to me he's one I've of the first as well. he's one of the first black men that i have frequently he's said so many times what we did was wrong the way we moved was wrong we're lucky we're not in a lot more trouble than we should have been this this is this like but i, hear I do speak agree about that he has God. said that but i i used to listen to brilliant idiots mm. as well but i stopped <laughs> because going back to nathan's point i did think it was getting to the point where it was just controversial um almost like clickbait okay but that's like, a different discussion you know, to, to saying mm, how was he addressed rape culture that's two different yeah. things no but i think if, in this context of this yeah. clip he's not talking about it in the sense that okay i was in this mad situation let's have a discussion about like was that rape and they do go on to talk about like he's first first time he had sex with his wife and he did say like look she was super drunk in hindsight looking back at it he's he was like wow that was a i'm not sure if that was an okay situation and i do understand that and i thought that was actually really but at least refreshing. we're having the conversation however in this particular um situation mm. this was somebody as i said telling a story to a friend talking about oh yeah this and that happened ha ha isn't it funny and that's what i kind of felt uncomfortable listening to because it wasn't so much the but content. have you listened to any subsequent podcasts where maybe he would have gone over it and said he hasn't he hasn't was, there's been this whole uh, petition about him and stuff like that he's not i mean people just people dis- he's not addressing anyway. and i and i get yeah. that and he's not addressing any of it he's carrying on with what he's doing he's not mm. addressed it at all in the mm. media which is up to him but i think for me, it's. I definitely agree. It's great that we're having this conversation because, as it is, it, I think quite a few no one else men have been like, you know. And as I said, when I raised it with some of my male friends, it's like, well, it's not rape because blah blah blah. And it's had we've had a conversation yeah. and a dialogue about it. So I definitely think. And that's he good. does self reflection. Mm. So yes, he didn't say this was wrong, but at least he kind of reflected and said, well. Actually, well, I this, think it this, was this. more Andrew and so, uh, Andrew Schultz that was like actually saying like, oh my gosh, like like even if he was saying it in a jokey way, he was like, uh, this was a, this doesn't sound too I, too great. But I don't understand. Like, if he's been recording a podcast for about three years, and probably on at least fifteen different occasions, he has unpacked the rape culture thing previously, <clears throat> and then on one particular podcast. He talks about it without the unpacking and everyone is up in arms. But to me, I'm going to look at the body of work. What is this person's consistent message yeah. been over three years? You and people want to pick, people want to pick on one particular thing. And because there was not an unpacking to me, if you've unpacked something 15 times before, I don't but need you even, to unpack it the next time. Even if he unpacks it, it still kind of comes around in terms of like, so I think we're talking about two different things here. I'm more concerned about, okay, like I said, having these conversations with um, guys in terms of them looking at that situation and going, actually, no, I don't think that's 
bad or I, you know, I've been in those situations. And so we're talking now about average men. Yeah, like and just in so, so, general, so not, and just you know, not you know, forgetting, not so setting Charlemagne aside, and average yeah. men beginning to understand. Yeah, to understand in terms of like what it is to have, you know, to have. Uh, did you have consent? And not even like just saying, did she say yes to sex? So one, like I said, the, the thing that kind of struck me that I thought was quite interesting, where he said we were gonna have sex anyway, so it can't be rape. And I mm. thought that's really interesting in terms of like, do guys think like yes, that in terms of do. like that entitlement? Yes. So when does it, in terms of when do you feel that, okay, it's a done deal? I mean, let's go back to like, okay, so we know sex education in schools is atrocious. It's only, I believe, in America now where they're actually beginning to teach about consent. And even when university starts with all of the freshers, they take them aside and they talk to them about these things. So I think definitely sex education almost needs to be more focused on that. Uh, Fathers do not talk to their sons about Nobody wants to talk about sex with their kids. Some do. Mm. Especially African fathers. Especially um, African. But I think even let's not be harsh on African. There's other conservative Mm. cultures as well. And other sides. And to be honest, I don't don't even know if is your average middle class white English guy sitting down with Johnny and saying that, look, we know you love to go out and get drunk and be on the lash. But when Sarah gets too drunk, don't do this. So I think to our point... I don't even think it's even a race thing in this situation. I think think, think it's literally just like, Parents aren't having conversations yeah, but I was like, about I was just consent. saying it from a point of view, like, I've, as a joke, I've actually asked a couple of my friends, dude, how exactly did you learn about the quote-unquote birds and the bees? And their response is, I didn't learn from my, I didn't hear a word from my dad. I just, like, got it from people, like, pe- my people of my age, like, the slightly mm. older guys, you know, Definitely, they were telling me yeah. stuff like that. Well, they watch I, porn, in, in other cases, I faked book. it till I made it, like, yeah, I've had some plenty of girls, you know, that kind of thing, you know? And I think that is, quite frankly, a thing within our culture that we do need to somewhat change. And granted, we do at this but point. But I don't even think it's even a discussion about actual sex. I think it's almost like a discussion about interaction with the opposite sex. Okay. In terms of... Consent. You know, respect. consent. Because you don't even have to go into... Because, you know, most parents do not feel um, comfortable. And I wouldn't feel comfortable if my parents sat me down and started going through the mechanics of sex you don't need to to be honest really do you think i i for me personally i i don't think i would have received that information i was i was yeah. given birth i mean there was a book because there's books that yeah. are made for parents to and stuff was walked through with me personally yeah. and i was told things like don't put yourself in certain situations don't let anybody do this don't let oh no no that's that. different yeah. i'm talking about the actual mechanics of okay, oh, okay. So, like do you know what yeah, i mean like, i don't i don't want to okay that's fine I, nope. I don't think anybody wants their parents to go yeah. ahead and tell them give them a blow but by blow i do think i, think I do fine. think it's important that's in terms fine. of saying like you're saying like if you're in this situation or even simple things like especially for younger um children that i do think it's important if someone touches you here this is not okay. And which, to be fair, is different, right? Exactly. You'll teach that at probably age six before they even know what sex is. Exactly. But then I do think there is a piece that's missing about, okay, like, you know, if you are at a party and you are drinking, where is the line, you know? Or um, where do you cross the line from trying to convince someone to maybe go to the next 
based of course, step absolutely. versus you know trying coercing somebody into like having sex with and you. I think that's all, yeah. all men. I mean, I know we, we were talking about Africa specifically, but no, I, but I definitely I think, think that's, that's everybody. I think that's all men, and I know there's a lot of very pro fire feminists who do not like this because they say that it's you know like policing women in a way or saying that why should the sometimes you know some feminists say why should the woman take you know if you start telling women don't do certain things they say oh you're policing women's bodies Mm. you're policing Mm -hmm. this and actually it's bad that i'm because we were talking about charlemagne earlier but actually i think charlemagne and andrew on their show they really broke down how i don't know if i'm a father and i tell my daughter um it's late it's dark Mm -hmm. the skirt is short maybe you shouldn't they were breaking down that i'm doing that for love and protection i'm not saying it is your fault if somebody comes and mm-hmm. grabs you yeah. but and they use the analogy of a guy if you're wearing like your hot gold chain and you're going into a certain neighborhood mm-hmm. and you'll look my man are you sure you want to wear that chain if that's where you're going mm. they're like i'm not saying it's uh, your fault if somebody robs you but i'm saying i can't account for the actions of yeah, yeah. and other i definitely out believe there. in that there's obviously you, I think as a parent you have to teach your daughters to protect themselves and avoid situations where they could potentially be in danger but I think what's been missing previously is that same energy being put into our boys absolutely explaining to them this is rape culture do you know what I mean like this is the line this is where you've crossed it this is where this is actually you know where you've become you know disrespectful to women this is where you know this is different things if we put that because we say a lot to our um to the girls to say you know maybe don't wear this or don't do that and it is policing let's be honest but i, I would rather i don't think it's policing it is because you are policing. kind of like saying policing to them, is... don't do something to to stop an action that is like you said is not their fault to me as a let's say from a parental perspective to me policing is or even your girlfriend you cannot leave the house wearing that that's different from saying, uh, please don't wear that. But yeah, if you're of course. To, so to me, yeah. I think yeah, that that's the once, difference between policing. Once an policing. order and once... Um, but how, a, a how will you ever give advice? Then, yeah. then all advice begins but to But you're still policing. giving the instruction to the girl. That's my point. Which is different from like, an order. So I do think that the instruction to the guys has been the bit that's been missing in terms of this is acceptable behaviour, this is not... This but, is how you interact with girls. But this we did. Uh, we, we didn't. We didn't get to go on that when we were talking about the um, the a, a season, season sorry, situation yeah, about should should we now be at a point where we should teach kids at a very young age now about all right. So this is how you talk to a girl. This is how you approach her. This right here is where you are going too far. Like at this point, you know, you you know, you have a girl. You're spending time with her. What is the uh, what would be the quote-unquote protocol of like asking her or where, when are you going too far mm-hmm. like have we reached a point where we need to sit down and talk to guys talk, talk to young men and say this is this is right because in some cases in my belief growing up i always thought that it was a case of what's right and what's wrong but then somewhere along the line it's like what i thought was right isn't as right as I thought as as I thought it was. But I Could think you give an example of something you thought was right. Um, like for example, you know, 
growing up, guys would go over and they'd talk to a girl, let's say in, the, in college, and sometimes they'd get a little close. They'd like, go over, put their arm around her shoulder and be like, mm. is that girl? You know, you want to give me your number, stuff like that? And even at that point, you've invaded <laughs> her space. Yeah. Mm. But the fact mm. of the matter is, so many of people from when I was growing up into from college to uni did that. So you've seen that behavior. Yeah. And then as a like younger a guy, you see maybe people older to you or people that you would look up to. Yeah. And you've been like, okay, and replicated it. Yeah. Yeah. And now as you've, now you're older, you're thinking actually that was some of that stuff. Yeah. Was some, a bit of the, dodgy. yeah some of that stuff nowadays, that wouldn't fly. Cause at that yeah. point, you, as, as soon as you've done that now, you've invaded her space. Yeah. You've touched her without any consent whatsoever. Yeah. You know, it's something completely different. Granted in the nineties and people always use the point about time and how times Red were culture. different, yeah. and, you know, and you know, it's, it's an excuse. It's a very minor one, but it's an excuse. No, it's, I think it's, it's a legit excuse. But I think, um, I think it's, it's like, an excuse to a point, but I think people, and I'm not talking about for sex here. I'm talking about you walk through the party and a guy grabs yeah. your hand. Yeah. Like, yeah. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's, that's the so thing. I is. think that's why it is important for people that, um, are have a platform or in the public eye, men specifically, to say that, yeah, like I used to do this and in hindsight it wasn't cool or actually this is, you're overstepping the line. Like how, you know, a lot of guys ask like, why do girls go to the toilet in, you know, clubs, in groups? In groups? And part of that is because we want to just go in there and like chat together and like gas. But also, it's a bit of a protection thing because if you think about back in the day, and when you've been in a club, you kind of walk in a little pack to almost mm, protect that's yourself. That's true, yeah, because some guy's going to grab your wrist. Not even like, just your wrist. Not even your wrist. Why? Like, what else is... Your, the amount of times, like, being honest, that I've had my ass grabbed, like, in What? A, of yeah. course, in a club Absolutely. back in the day because and so that's the kind of thing you kind of walk almost kind of like what kind of clubs are you guys going to if you're walking in a big crowded club (laughs) the whole idea is that you don't don't know who did it and it won't even be the person sorry I know I'm just seeming really like maybe my answer wasn't big no never oh okay it was quite commonplace like when I think about back in the day going to places like um, cameos, subterranea, all of those. Kinds of I used to go to sub. Yeah, but that would sub. be the oh. kind of like go to play of a guy when you're walking. So that's so why really you kind of behavior. and you know we're talking about behavior as girls. You we kind of then adopted this behavior of going in a little group to the toilets where you kind of like then you can make a little path through the crowd so I you see. can kind of protect yourself a little bit better. Or what I would do sometimes is even walk behind a guy that was cutting through the crowd. So you're then... Because guys will park for another man yeah, walking through. All of a sudden, you don't need to squeeze through when it's a, two guys trying to pass each other. But when it's a girl, the, there's no space. So you have to literally squeeze through. So what I would do is like, what would it tailgate behind the guy that's going to the toilet himself? And then walk, work my way through the crowd. So... I don't even know what I was saying, but yeah, things like in terms of time now, looking back, I'm like, gosh, that was pretty shocking behavior by those guys. But, but of the time, it was considered quite standard practice if you went to a club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I think to to your point about more men having the conversation, I think uh, you know, as I said, um, Charlemagne is one of the few ones I think that can. More men should have the conversation, but everybody prepare to be upset because men aren't perfect. So somebody else 
may have a conversation a little bit like a Charlemagne mm. but maybe if he doesn't unpack it in exactly the right way everyone is going to scream and he will get cancelled too so I think also people want this openness but at the same time it's not everyone that is going to unless maybe you come on the couch with that Yanla fix my life woman or mm. Oprah because they're the experts so they will know how to like you know make sure you say at the end of it I know I'm very sorry and da, 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 I think I think but, I would um, change my mind considering all of this controversy that's happening at the moment if Charlemagne does come and just say and has an honest conversation about yeah. it but I don't know I don't I was, know because I, 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 to be honest I, I get what you're saying it's so easy to say this person's cancelled and you know I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying don't cancel him no, no, I'm not no, saying people shouldn't cancel him will, I don't care what for me I'm I am interested to hear what he has to say about it because I do think it's important that we talk about it. But at the same time, if someone's coming with a message that's like, it's all a joke, ha ha ha, I'm not, I, I don't see why yeah, I need yeah. to listen to that. So I, I'd be interested to, to be fair, like he's he may come and say, actually, this is what happened. Or maybe for legal reasons, he can't talk about the case yeah. that's currently open because of... Yeah. Um, the case that the young woman is bringing against him, who's only, she was 15 at the time, and I think it happened 10 or 12 years ago. So she's only so gonna be in her 20s still. So this is still a young person, mm. so. Yeah. But you know, on a quick side, um, just for record, the uh, the risk, the Rick Russ thing, he, um, what he did was in a lyric, he said, um, had sex with her, slipped her, Mar- slipped her on Molly, had sex with her, and she didn't even know it. Oh, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, the thing he was... He to, to take that out, isn't it? The thing, the thing about that was that he spent so much time trying to deny that it was a sex, or a, sorry, it was a rape joke, and then it wasn't until his, uh, I think it was a Reebok line. So was, we can't really say that Rick Ross is... So we can't really say that Rick Ross is somebody who is ultimately talking about rape culture oh, no, no, because no. he I'm defended. Just saying so, that so really, that it's only yeah. Charlemagne we can. Think I'm about. just saying that it started a conversation. Yeah. But yeah, but it was un- it was unintentional, yeah. which is very no, different no, to no, a guy saying. So so far, definitely. as you said, we need. But then to your point, I mean, not that it's so much about Charlemagne and his show. I don't know. I mean, with me, like I do catch up every so often. I don't know if you will address it, but mm. even though I did listen to the pod at the time, I think to me the reason why it flew over my head is because I've known him to unpack rape culture so many mm. times. So even with me, it's a regular listener. But I'm, I'm almost not expecting him to go back to explain it because he's explained it so many times. And before. to be fair, as I said, I'm currently like working my way through his book, and it is mm. you with Charlemagne in particular you do get different versions of him oh so, imperfect so you in terms of the the person in the book it's not potentially the character but in terms of how he tells that story mm-hmm. it's really interesting and I feel like I understand him a little bit more as a person rather than Charlemagne the personality because in terms of like some of the stories from his childhood and how he grew up it's really interesting but don't forget drug dealer yeah jail not, exactly. not media trained yeah um, but to be honest I write, it's not smart for him if you want to yeah. do your rape culture then call Oprah or somebody yeah. to sit down rehearse everything in advance have the lines written down know what you're going to say yeah. put your <laughs> stories at the right time yeah. that's probably what anyone again, should be doing again the whole thing with what happened with it was that it wasn't a case and from my point of view I'm not simply just saying oh he's a rapist my point is oh, that I haven't said that I know, either I'm, I'm <laughs> not saying, but I'm just saying because I said earlier on, I mean, might that, be. I said earlier on I, that that, he, that he definitely. Might be as well. Yeah, I said earlier on that that qualifies as rape. My point is that I would say granted, that sounded in, a bit rapey. Yeah, my point was simply a case of like he's put himself in the position. Granted, yeah, she may have wanted to have sex with him, but the moment you've gone into that, oh, agreed. Point, we said uh, coercion. I didn't. No. I think I think we any, all agree that uh, situation was super suspect. Yes. 
Um, could have destroyed. I wouldn't say yeah. destroyed that girl's life, but yeah. I mean. But also, even just him retelling the story, even the fact that she called him the next day was like, oh, you know what happened, and she didn't seem upset by yeah. it. But then yeah. again, that goes back to that original until, thought um, about that conversation about what is okay, what is not okay, but and that education piece is not just for boys. <laughs> It's yeah, for like, girls as well to understand, like, okay, these situations is not, is, you know what I mean? For a young girl to go to a party and not know who, she, in, if she slept with someone, for me, that that's a worry. But you're saying that she's about that life. No, no, that's not what, that's not what I said at all. What, what, um, what we said was that for, and not particularly her woman, in a situation where if you're casually asking somebody the day afterwards, mm. was anyone else there? And yeah. if you're, if she's genuinely not distressed, obviously if she was disguising distress, like, you know, we, oh, yeah. it's cool, just and tell me what thing. happened so I'm going to get the truth. Yeah. But if she was genuinely like, oh, was anyone else there? Yeah. Then with that air of casualness, you're yeah. now saying, I know what I'm saying, and obviously I was if anybody was there, but if you, if you mentioned for me, if I'm in a small space and I'm if I'm with a guy, and there's another man like your cousin there. For me, that door is locked. Yeah. Like I don't but he even having even having sex with other men close by in a space doesn't even register for me. Like we yeah. are alone in this house. But he does make reference in the clip that oh you, you didn't have sex with my cousin, but he did see you naked. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like clearly yeah. they were all yeah. into so some, it, and, that, and that's not that's not something sound... I know anything about. Yeah. But for you know for some people it's. Hmm. Okay. So, um, I just wanna one quick Right. So one thing I actually did want to talk about was um the whole uh recent controversy around Kylie Jenner being named by being on the front cover of Forbes magazine as um the youngest self-made um billionaire potential yeah potential so but the title just said billionaire didn't it just it? said which, billionaire. which was the clickbait yeah oh. it said billionaire if you read the article then it goes on to well we're not sure if she's actually she's on her path to hit a billion but also these figures have not been verified by anybody independent other than people in kylie jenner's camp now whether she's a billionaire or not i don't think i'm too fussed about that the thing that i actually raised as a point was the term self-made and it was something that this website i think is it dictionary.com or something also commented and they tweeted what the meaning of self-made was um in reference to the fact that they didn't think that she she's a billionaire or not a billionaire i don't know but in terms, it's the term self-made. So what do you guys think? So she has, so just to give some context, she's obviously Kylie Jenner. Her dad is um, Bruce Jenner, now Caitlyn Jenner. Um, her mom, um, Chris Kardashian Jenner. She comes from the whole Kardashian family, um. machine she's got behind her. Can we classify her as self-made? And I think the article refers to the fact that she worked out how to monetize her Instagram following um, into her like makeup empire. Okay, without completely crapping on her work, because I'm not going to say she hasn't worked for a position. 
you can't exactly be classified as self-made when you have a 200 million potential and uh, family behind you because immediately you have all those connections that they have mm. all those you have you have a greater head start than anyone who started on the ground floor yeah so the whole self-made thing I completely agree with everyone who's um, gone at it because um, it's kind of also like all those people who all those youngsters at 18 19 and they're looking at the, and the way that the um, article is written comes across as if to say well this woman is uh, 19 almost 20 and she's almost a billion now what have you done lately exactly and um, everyone's like wow you know well actually the funny thing is on twitter i saw lines like well i've moved out of my house and i'm currently uh studying to be a doctor <laughs> so i think i'm doing quite fine really mm. um i don't know i think and it was in forbes which is let's be honest i think for i actually tweeted forbes i don't not like they're gonna reply me but um i i do think it was clickbait to get uh -huh. us to read the article um to get people to buy the magazine because you know it, it has created um publicity controversy around the whole subject um so i think they knew this is what it was going to cause and they were very purposeful with the wording that they chose for me i think it just sends a bad message to young people in general in terms of like as you were saying nathan what are you guys doing kylie jenner she's not even 21 and she's on her way to being a billionaire but it doesn't quite tell the whole story where yeah she leveraged her instagram following in t and she was able to monetize it but that following came from being on a hit tv show for having a big sister that's kim kardashian who basically shot to fame through having a sex tape all of these things um also you know even like um the fact that her dad is bruce and um, bruce, yeah, bruce jenner, bruce jenner wasn't exactly poor. he's a, a <laughs> olympic gold medalist a, olympic gold medalist at the time he was a very big um um celebrity in the states so these are not things that the average person who's trying to like okay you know what got dreams of having like a makeup line or doing things like that is going to be able to have access to and like you said access to things not just money but the fact that her mum is chris she has celebrity um, um connections in hollywood and connections with other celebrities and the fact that chris even lent her the money to start her business empire so she loaned her i think it was oh, I between... thought it was kylie's own 250k no that was given to her from her mum um to to start her business so these are things that i'm not hating on because to be honest if i was chris jenner i'm gonna give my kids the best head start in life i'm gonna do that now as me as a person mm -hmm. so i have no problem with that i just had an issue with the concept of self-made yeah so i think from my view i think similar to you said mo i mean i think we do live in this era now of clickbaiting yeah and i mean i clicked the article there's there's clickbait i think now the big media outlets know that uh you can incite black twitter yeah and then they can jump on things and make them and actually trend. publicize your whatever you're oh, trying to put out absolutely there. to trend it which i think is which again you could do a separate pod because there are amazing outlets like fashion bomb daily and the shade room that are probably not getting for me the, the recognition and the respect that they should on the mainstream but i mean i think it's it is clickbaity um 
I feel like we should be able to have this conversation and set Kylie aside and assessing this is not about, as she said, nobody's tearing her down. No, 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 no Nobody's hating or anything else like that. But um, I mean, because fair enough, some people have said, say, for example, look at Rob. Rob is, this is Kardashian. He's also had the this opportunity Mm. and hasn't um done anything with it he has his well not anything line. Not, not anything yeah exactly. he, he has, has his sock line what are you talking about <laughs> you know and he's um you know and, and how weird to say i have a sock line and, you know, it's he's so specific up. not even like oh i have like a oh, un- underwear or i do like men's accessories suit. i do socks no no i i i, I agree and, and <laughs> i pass I personally think Chris Jenner should be on the cover. Of yeah, books. put Chris there because this is all Chris. And to me, I do think. And she is someone that is self-made because she has worked her way up the ranks. I mean, to I mean the methods okay, that me... she's got there. She's. I wouldn't say again. She did have uh, Bruce. She did have. I wouldn't Caitlyn say Jenner, Chris, she did have uh, well let's start even from the beginning let's well. even yeah. go further back right so she was an air stewardess yes yeah. and but don't get me wrong I think it's Chris she was an air stewardess she managed to bag a smart hardworking lawyer. immigrant celebrity lawyer she clearly wasn't sleeping throughout that marriage she made whatever connections she needed to make in Hollywood mm-hmm. then she now married a former Olympian and apparently even when she was first with Bruce like he was semi-retired she yeah. was the one that told him go and start speaking go and be motivation yeah. so she, to me Chris has the magic touch so definitely I would agree more to have Chris Chris should be on that cover, on cover. how many millionaires has Chris made yeah should we think about versus that Chris has made how all her whether, daughters. Whether you agree with her methods or not, she's made like five millionaires. Yeah, minimum. Whether you agree with her methods or not, that's a different thing. But in terms of the work that's gone into it, I agree more with that. So if it would, if they'd put Chris Jenner on the cover, round of applause, I don't think I me. would even have batted an eyelid. But exactly, the, I think it does is. set kind of like a a bit of like a false precedent for um, younger people in terms of okay get your instagram followers up to this amount and then you you know you should be able to set up your own makeup line and to too. be fair if we do step back i mean that actually is the precedence of social media yeah social media is about seeking attention validation mm. making people feel bad because they do not have what they are seeing mm. and then what can we sell to sell you, you to, to make you feel make better you, um, click and do better but i mean i think with kylie in particular yes she's made the most money out of all of them Thank yeah God but do you know what like she she said she was born almost virtually born into the spotlight mm-hmm. yeah we watched her grow up and people are like oh she's great at makeup if i was a little kid sitting around at home and there was a permanent makeup crew in my house for months at a time because mm-hmm. when they film the makeup artists are basically there in one room right you wake up and you go and do makeup yeah, yeah as long as you can open your eyes and look oh yes i like makeup they've been putting it on my mum and my sisters like all day every day and then people were kind of also saying that chris is smart chris knows how to bring in the top trendsetters that will come and tell you in 18 months time this is the hot color let's make this now do this do that do this you execute you follow you don't eat too much you exercise you do surgery that you need to do to your <laughs> body like it's but you know in you know? in contrast to that in that in that same kind of like forbes list there's um a makeup artist called um, pat mcgrath pat mcgrath who has her own makeup line which is actually Almost closer to, to a billion, a billion. 
Um, So again, when I looked at the article and they, and obviously Forbes thought, who is going to get the most um, clicks? Who is going to, you know, make sure this goes viral? And they thought, yes, slapping Kylie Jenner on the cover is definitely going to help that. But then I actually felt um, tripped onto what would actually have been a great story right there. With if you instead of taking the self-made thing and then just went with Chris Jenner has made has made look look at what she's look at what this girl mm. this woman has done for all of her daughters right mm. then and there you have a feel good story you wouldn't have anything and you could still make the same point yeah yeah okay and instead they went with the sensationalism of but that's, self-made that's what yeah she put everyone on um, and some people as you said Mo was saying it's a little bit controversial I would be looking at well if she hadn't done that what would her children be doing yeah. but the whole thing with and you have to make point that this yes they have um, they've, she's and her sister and uh, they've been in the public eye for so long I mean, yeah, I didn't even, I, I didn't, as I said to uh, Mo, I've never watched in full Kurt Kardashian's episode. Lies. But, whatever. But I still remember, for a fact, that there was a countdown clock on when she turned 18, when she was legal. Oh, Do you remember that? yes. I don't, because I don't mm. follow them so much, but okay. it does ring a bell. Yeah. So ev- everyone so that was show waiting. You, yeah. Yeah, it was so just a case of what are you going to sell to us? Yeah. It's Apparently. like Rihanna's makeup line blew up as well but she's there's some there's a point sometimes where you are so famous there is very little you could sell that people would not buy yeah and i think she's chosen makeup but if she chooses i don't know gym wear or whatever whatever she wants pretty much to anything do, she, anything she pop. wanted to at that point she could have made she and would, i think she the probably would have made work and I think the product is, is good as well. But I say again, if you can hire the best trendsetters to sit and work with you, yep. I don't know, I call it too big to fail. Like, um, yeah, and, and like you said, Pat, Pat McGraw was in there. She kind of is more self-made. I believe under her, she has at least more than one makeup brand that comes out of the laboratories. To me personally, it's a weird one from an investment perspective. Hmm. I would rather the faceless founder with a portfolio of X number of brands that can have a life because the thing is if something does go wrong with Kylie, everything is tied into mm. one person. Yeah. Which is you know, for me personally, even from a Forbes perspective, it's you know, it's, but then it's, that it's goes to risk. the whole point of like how her businesses come about. Her business is based upon her rather than so much the product and the business um it's you know her whole thing was lip kits and then that kind of then launched into a whole makeup line oh yes the lips should we talk about we're going to talk about lips that you know our lips genetically modified um black women's lips then yeah it's that's what that's what she's done she's leveraged that into a whole business and the makeup line yeah, so, so still on the kind of like entrepreneur type thing and having your own business. So, um, Dial, you took that leap recently in terms of moving from the corporate world into business. And I'm still in fully full time in the corporate world, but on the side doing things like this, like the podcast and some other like hobbies. I want to talk about how do you decide to like, okay, this is, I'm going to make that leap. Um, I know. I think for me with, I'm to make that leap. 
I mean, for me personally, I did put in several years uh, IT management consulting in the city. And the point where I decided I wanted to start AfriClick, I did make sure that I had learned almost as much as I felt I could learn, like sort of extracted the maximum value from my opportunities Mm. in the city and learning about finance and learning about technology and management and and people. And for me, really, I think that that was my, that was really almost the basis of my decision-making saying I've kind of climbed this far. I've put in this many years, I've been promoted to this point. And I just felt like I know enough Mm. to then go and do something else. And I guess also for me, maybe there is that thing about passion. And I did really feel that when it comes to uh, black people, specifically Afro-Caribbeans, and looking at the networking and the dating products out there, I just always felt that we as uh, black people deserved something more. And I was always very tired of having substandard products for black people. So whether that's, for example, our hair products that are full of Mm. parabens and things that aren't great, and I'd always be like, why is it that when it's made for us, it wouldn't be as good? It's literally poisoning us. So in creating AfriClick, I did really want to create uh, a networking and dating app that could sit on the shelf alongside the bigger brands like the Tinders and and the Bumbles, but being known that this isn't a a compromise for us. But what was the moment that you thought, you know what, I'm going to take that step? Because I think about... There's loads, I have so many ideas and things that I want to do, but what do they call it? The fear. So leaving, like, similar to yourself, like, you know, I've worked all these years to get myself in a position in my current career um, to decide to make that step into um, Mm -hmm. becoming an entrepreneur. Like, what, what made you, was there a point or a very specific time where you were just like, right, I'm ready? I think, I mean, I guess, sorry, no, I'm, I'm, I don't know what, I know, you know, I just, because I don't know, because maybe, cause I, I did some stuff parallel for a while. Oh, so you kind of like doing, you pursuing um, um, your own interests as well as um, still working. I had the idea for, for AfriClick, I would say probably for about a year before I finally left. Mm. So I was doing preliminary research. I was beginning to teach myself more UX and certain other skills that I would need along parallel. And then sometimes it gets to the point where, which I don't think is a bad thing, like where you're semi sort of, you know, kind of balancing the two. And then maybe at that point, I guess I was beginning to realize that rather than working, I mean, I was in management consulting. So there it's very normal maybe to started maybe 9 30 to 7 is a short day oh okay then your average day is maybe more 9 30 till i don't know 8 8 30 and then traveling a lot for work so i think i just naturally found myself in a position where i was leaving work more on time or earlier because i wanted to use making that conscious effort to have some time for yourself and keep the energy yeah and then maybe it was maybe it was also the stage when i began to realize how much value my company was getting out of me and how my my peak 
you're, you know, everyone has their peak brain power hours, mm. right? So even if your working day is 7.5 days, if we're mm. honest with ourselves, we probably have like four really fire hours. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it enough in, in that day. Mine is about three o'clock in the afternoon. Is that the dip after yeah, lunch? That's, that's when I'm just like, really, I'm like surfing the internet. I'm, I'm, I'm adding to my wish list on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> but I look busy. I look busy, you know. Maybe, to your team, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm in, like, you know, I'm on the internal chat talking to somebody about where to go for lunch tomorrow. But I get what you mean. Like, incom- no one, no one works tasks. consistently for, at like, peak. eight hours a day, like, at peak. Like, no one does. Exactly. It's not possible. So I just began to get to the point where I realised that I'm, like, I'm giving my best brain power my best years my best everything to building for somebody else and i just knew i could build for myself mm. so that that was that was really the the decision for me and and to be fair like i also knew myself i was i always said look that i want to at least be at like a senior manager grade um and then and yes and, and to an extent maybe you'll just also a little bit of you know just doing and I don't want to say the same thing because actually as a consultant no day was ever different but I just remembered when I first started my career I used to have a thing in my head which was when I start getting six figures that that's what I want to hit once I start what once it's six mm. figures once it's six that that's the thing that was in my head but like yes and yes and yes and yes and yes and then I realized I was just in a cycle where it was like you were working to get the money but you know I'm not gonna lie I used to go on minimum five to six holidays a year Mm, nice. I used to go to New York, we used to go to Miami, like Dubai, everywhere. But then I kind of realized eventually, like, the reason why I'm going on so many holidays is because I need a break from my job. Yeah. So I'm working really hard to get money, then I'm spending quite a bit of that money to because I need the, the, the relaxation. <laughs> so you're from, in this from infinite the, loop. <laughs> from, no, but absolutely from the job. And then now that I've been focusing on Africa, like I've not left the country this year and it feels fine because I'm really dedicated to putting something out. I do think like with the whole owning your own business has become what I've said, I've said in the past, the new trend. Yeah, like I, you know, like back in the day, it was like, you know, your parents are like, you know, you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, mm, or um, engineer. Engineer. Or working in I, yeah. I feel like, I feel like now the pressure is like, you know, be Kylie. It's not, it's not enough to say, oh, you know, like I'm a management consultant or. But you think it's not enough? No, I don't think it is because I think about how I've been feeling recently where I'm like, I'll say what I do for a living. Everyone's, oh, that's great. And then I'll ask someone else and they're like, Oh, I'm a, you know, I had a recent, I was at a networking event and this person said, oh, I'm a HR professional, but also I have my skincare range like, oh, on the side, side hustle. you know, or also I'm pursuing this and I was a bit like, the oh, side I'm, hustle. I'm just a, you know, I'm not going to say my job title, but I'm just this. So it was kind of, you, you, I was kind of thinking, oh, I should be doing, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing, mm. I should be doing more. And, but then I also do think, it's kind of sometimes saying that not everybody's going to be an entrepreneur or have their own business because if that was the case who would work for anybody and i think to your point about what people should be doing and actually when you were asking me what motivated me Mm. what i couldn't pull out of my mind was that even growing up my parents always schooled me that first of all they schooled me that the lifestyle we were able to give you did not come from us working for other people Mm. and 
we want you to go and work and have a good career, but they let it be known. We're only expecting you to do this, this your career and make money for somebody else for so long. And we expect you to leave and build something big. So actually, to be fair, that was always in the back of my mind too. But, but because it's from childhood, it took a while to pull that out But that's what I'm saying. Like, there's almost of kind mind. of like... Whereas some parents will tell you stay in the job throughout. No, but it's saying. almost... So that's what I'm saying. I'm feeling that kind of... To have a career is not enough. Like, you're working for somebody else. Yeah, when depending on what you want. You... No, no. Yeah, If yeah, you want definitely. financial freedom. Or, yeah. Or not. But then I know people that have their own businesses and like you were saying, I don't feel they have more financial freedom. Nine out of ten small businesses fail. Than me. Um, I feel quite the opposite, to be honest. Yeah. I'm like I'm like you like similar to you. I'm not the one that's like, yeah, let's go on holiday, let's do this, let's do that. And they're like, Well, no, I can't. So but I do think especially maybe it is this whole social media age, that whole thing of like, you know, um, there was a recent tweet where um, this, um, I think he's a DJ or music producer or something um, called um, Daps. He tweeted that it's so ah. cute when I see 18 to 24 year olds talking about their, what they'll have and what they would have accomplished by age 30. And then he put um, um, laugh my ass off, okay. And then the sips tea um, kind of like cartoon emoji. And um, that went viral yeah it a did go of, viral i actually responded to that tweet i didn't know it was going to go viral i just saw it on my timeline and just responded and quite a few people retweeted my tweet and i said i wish i could talk to my 20 something self to explain and pre-warn she won't have it all at 30 in fact she'll be still trying to work out this so-called adult life and someone in my 30s now i do think that because Especially when I look at these 20 somethings that, yeah, like I'm gonna launch my own fashion line and I'm gonna do this and I'm an influencer and I'm this and I'm that. And you do kind of think, like, oh gosh, like everyone's doing something. Should I be doing something? But then is it okay to say, you know what, I'm actually happy in my nine to five job. I've got a great job. It's interesting. I make money that I'm comfortable with. Is this okay? Happiness is subjective though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, just because you're out there, it, you, you could be earning a certain amount of money, but for some p- people, that's not enough. But know? I don't even it's think it's the money for, for thing. I think it's more of a case of, it's this, like, I think you alluded to it, Dio. It's almost like a trend to say, yes, I have my own business or businesses. So it's I'm the doing pride. this. And also this thing of like, yeah, you're great. You're, you've got a great job and everything, but you're making money for someone else. Mm-hmm. So it's almost kind of like frowned upon, like, well, you're not really, you haven't really made it because, you know, you're making money oh, for, you you're making really someone else it. rich. Because you're not the boss. Yeah, because you're not. But I always say, everybody can't have their own business. It literally doesn't work. Okay, there's, this, there's this thing, um, okay, there's, there's this analogy used in fighting, fighting, and they say not everybody can be champion. No. Okay. Um, there have been several, in to take to continue the analogy, there have been several great fighters. There have been several great boxers. But not all of them were champions. Some of them were uh, regarded as legends. Some of them are grand ups, people who got people offered their seats and made them want to pa- and they all spend money. Trainers but and they never, trainers yeah, to but they never made there. it to that point. For some people, that's great. They were never, but they are respected. They are loved. Blah, blah, blah. And then you've got the people who are champions, but yeah, they were champion, but not a lot of people like them. But they've got that status. I think the same thing applies in terms of life. Like, there's always going to be some people who are going to be bosses, right? Whether they got, the, however they got there, 
But like, if you're up there and you're grinding and you're happy within yourself of where you've gotten to, but is that I, bad? Is, is but that I bad? But I think the fighting analogy doesn't work because yeah. you're saying boxers and champions. Like somebody might decide, okay, so actually the bulk of the UK economy is SME, small to medium enterprises, mm-hmm. people doing I don't know package delivery businesses, cleaning mm. businesses. Blah, blah. So are we saying? If you own a successful cleaning business and you're turning over maybe 200k a year, mm. is that more of a champion than Just saying yeah, that I'm something... on the board of a, that's a FTSE 100 company yeah. who might even be minting more? Actually, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. then again, you or have is that it happiness, issue. or is it money, but that's or is it I'm autonomy? Saying. Yeah, and that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, there's different kind of like paths. Like, so when when I was younger, I always thought that. I don't think I ever really thought about owning my own business. I kind of thought more about like, oh, like, you know, it'd be great if I was, you know, like a, you know, like a head of a department or I, you know, became a senior manager or one day I'm a CEO of a company. Whereas now I do think there's a lot of talk about, you know, but I remember Steph London tweeted like maybe a couple of years ago. I always say London, <laughs> the hyphen. Um, she tweeted that she can't imagine her, you know, why do people work for chump change when they should be working for themselves and everything. And everyone was just like, well, not everybody can be on top. Bis- you yeah. know, it's or not even about being on top. Because you can be, because she, cause she uh, is her own artist, but there's a senior exec that signs her um, checks no, no. at the record company that is employed by the record company, but still signs off on, on her checks. So yeah. they don't own a record company. They don't own, she doesn't own her masters. Yeah. And all those kinds of things. Well, yeah. she might own her masters, but no, most I'm com- just, most, com- most um, contracts but, don't allow But it. I'm saying that it, there's, I don't think there's the one set path that is better than the other. If agreed. Uh, abs- I, I think uh, agreed, ab- absolutely. And and I think to your point, I think there is a trend now. I think a lot of that has, because we haven't talked about tech, I think a lot of that is to do with tech mm. because technology has enabled like, you know, the Mark Zuckerberg, the Jeff Bezos to Definitely. say you can build something. Almost from nothing almost from nothing and then scale it i think to your point we are in this era of i call it the forward slashes so when people do their social media bios i'm like how many forward slashes am i seeing next to your name actor Mm. slash writer slash producer slash dj slash that's right and the thing is for me i think no one can be all of those things and do them well jack of many trades you can't master of none i just i just don't think it's possible and even in terms of like the site be having something uh, pursuing something as a side hustle as well as having your full, full time i don't think you can do too much of that um so sorry i don't think you can do that for an extended period of time without something suffering so i think if you if you are pursuing something on the side then it gets to a point where you either have to make that jump in terms of I'm going to do this full time or I'm going to maybe take my full time job to part time. I don't know. Yeah, or, or exactly. Or the ideal situation is that if it grows enough so yeah. that you, you, you know, you literally feel need, um, needing to, to pull away. But um, and I, I think also when we talk about people that the jobs and then the side hustle, there's also in considering if somebody is an employee, 
it's how close that job is to their passion and sometimes mm. if the job is very very aligned to the passion they might not have that need to go outside and then it's also recognizing that not every passion should necessarily turn into a business some people that might is like true. to bake a restaurant fail at a massively high rate mm-hmm. by someone just, like, just food, really good at like cooking or baking and they've decided i know i'll open up a whole um facility and it hasn't and not no business acumen or anything like that and it doesn't work and then you know like we said in terms of working for other people we we need the accountants and the lawyers and people like that to even help people's businesses be in order but i mean but yeah i mean i think definitely the great thing about the internet and the enablings like we were saying to do an etsy shop or to start kind of manufacturing like i think the barriers to entry are lower which is fantastic and i think that's a really good thing even the fact that you can promote your small business through social media and get to thousands of people um far easier than it was a few years ago because can you imagine like trying to reach that many people through like print media or um tv or radio and do we have any thoughts about because obviously we're on this topic uh some uh people especially younger people that will decide straight after education i don't want to work for anyone else and i just want to go straight to be an entrepreneur yeah just wondering if we have any thoughts i think it's a mistake i think i've always thought it was i mean the way i see it like you have to build you have to build you have to learn to crawl before you can walk i think it's a simple case of I can understand the reason, the drive to immediately want to go in and try and build up your own thing immediately. But I think that you've got to start, I, get to, I think you need to know people in a business sense first before you go into it. But I I, I go back and forth on this particular topic because um, I work with a lot of um, young people that are straight, um, either straight out of school or straight out of um, uni and their expectations when they first come into a job, they they think they're going to go to the board meetings and stuff like that. Okay. And those ones, you do get young people that are like, right, I'm going to start this business and, um, you know, take the makeup world by storm. I don't know, whatever it is. But I, at the same, I do think it's naive, but then at the same time, I think that naivety also can be so ballsy as well because they just go for it. Whereas I think the slightly older generation, because we understand that there will be issues, I think sometimes that holds us back in taking those chances. Because some of the things that you do see young people, like as Daya was saying, taking advantage of technology, um, social media, marketing themselves, they really can make something of themselves and you think like wow like you literally have just left school or you completely skipped university and gone straight to doing this um how can you think that you're gonna set up your own empire so i do think it's naive but i think you kind of need that ballsiness to kind of like push the economy forward yeah i mean you can be naive and it can still work there's no doubt about that i mean you know some people in you know you've got some people who've done it in the music game and they've said that they've applied certain different kinds of economics some people have made mention to the fact of um you know the street game and then applying like using music as an example i think music is no you're allowed to but i don't know but i think i i get what i was saying like music is slightly different thing because that relies on so many other Other factors factors, and it can be like you could have a hit that goes viral i think Uh of some but i was referring to the fact that you know it's a case of like just because they can they can do it and they've taken experience from something else not necessarily a direct business sense 
and then applied, moved it like into drug this, dealing. Yeah, like as as a lot of people have said it, and yeah, then they've applied hus- it in hustle. a different. Yeah, and they've taken that hustle and applied. And that's it to actually else. hard work. But at least they've worked hard at something, and yeah. then they're but applying it. Not but the ones that haven't worked hard. That's at still anything. not starting from the beginning, though, because they've well, still. It kind they, of is. As you know, as mm-hmm. in never, they've they've had some kind of business operation, whether what, it be drug dealing, whether it be legal but, yeah, but, yeah, or not. Even, they've been <laughs> handling money. They they've have been a product. Well, they've been entrepreneurial. Yeah, exactly. They have a product. They're retailing it. That's a you know, it's an illegal business. I don't don't put your head in your hands but it's still a business <laughs> so dire, i don't think that's the same concept i'm talking about those ones that are like right they've not really worked that much at all they've learned all these concepts that they want to apply they've seen things on social media they're like you know what i am gonna set up my own fashion line or i'm gonna you know, I don't know. my issue with these okay. things is it's always fashion Makeup, yeah, it's the fun shit that we all like. Yeah, mm-hmm. because they, I would love to be doing a fashion or a makeup line. Like, yeah. but you know I mean, it's not like if somebody came and they were like, "I haven't studied biology, but I really want to make this laboratory so we can test things." <laughs> I know your brain's not immediately going to the flashy, pretty stuff because that's the thing. When you when you were saying about music, for me, and I'm not saying like music, sports, fashion, things that we we know we all enjoy on a daily basis anyway. But the thing is, the reason why they don't go for those things, so for instance, I came to um, the Black Girls Rule London um, visualising... Shout out to Black Girls Rule, (laughs) which is... Visual board... um, A supportive community for young black girls, uh, which you can follow on Twitter, BGR. Yes, definitely. um, Where we do sort of motivational events like Inspire Young Black Women. So I work it. So I you you invited me. You, you came and along to mentor yourself and Ray, kindly. and um, I spoke to some of the young um, women there, and a lot of them want to work in the fashion industry, but because of um, their experience and their knowledge and know-how, like you said, they go for all the glossy, you know, like oh yeah, I want to be a designer, I want to be a stylist. I was like, do you know there's so many other roles within that industry that, to be honest, you can move up quicker and earn more money and, to be honest... And why fashion? And a lot more interest. But even within fashion... Fashion and beauty. But I think it's... But then when you think about it, it's about what you're exposed to and what you see. So when you... everybody is exposed to fashion and beauty, right? But you get in a car every day, you see engineering, you ride a train, you see a train. I'm just saying that I do also think the young people out there... I just feel if you want to do a career that everybody else around you wants to be doing, just apply some conscious thought and be like, why is it that, you know, like my little seven-year-old cousin who wants to be a professional footballer. And I'm, I tap and say, look, no, do you know but, how many people want but to But when do- you was younger, you wasn't thinking, oh, I'm going to be an IT and consultant. I did want to work with computers. With computers. But did you know exactly that it was going to be in consulting or... So I think, like I, I said, I wanted to work with computers, which I think is fine. Yeah, but even but these... computing wasn't cool then. <laughs> yes, I didn't want to do the thing that everybody else wanted to do. Right, but yeah. I do think a lot of this kind of like leaning towards like, oh, I want to be, have my own fashion line. I want to. It's because do the glamorous, stuff. glamorous, and also what you know of. So it's a combination. Don't don't screw your <laughs> oh, face at go. me. They can't see that. <laughs> I don't want to do it for the pod. Okay, let me give you an analogy only because this is something I'm very passionate I know, about. I have, I know. Mu- I have and musicians I get what you're in my saying. family. Um, I have a particular cousin. Oh, no, I'm not going to mention his name because he does have a bit of profile. Young people <laughs> that come and they're like, I want to do music. I want to be a rapper. Can you write musical notes? 
Yeah. Have you gone to study music in college? Have you gone to study the physics of production? But I Once the answer was no, 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 thing. I think we're all on the same page. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying, so I'm like, oh, no, you want the, the glamour and the fun of music. Yeah. And when we're talking about who's owning the record labels and controlling their shit, it's the people that at least have but a grasp about... I'm, but that's what I'm saying. saying. I think like, when I was page. talking at the um, um, Black Girls Rule London event, it was because I was speaking to some of the um, women there and I was saying they're talking about they want to be a stylist they want to be a designer and i'm like why what about a product technologist what what about um you know i goes what about you know there's so many other technical roles that are involved that like i said that oh but that's too hard that sounds like work and and that's why i just want to travel and pick cute colors but also there's like a there's also a lack of knowledge of these roles even existing like even to be fair because you can find anything on the internet everybody goes for the big glamorous one Yes, be, yeah, but it's not as if it's not out there. Google. No, but to be fair, even my job, I kind of fell into it. It had I, I don't think I would ever have found it had I not been already working in the industry. And then I realized, okay, this role exists. Yeah, but you didn't sit on your bum initially and say, I just want to do the most glamorous fun bits about fashion, and that's what I want to do. I wanted to work in buying. Now you couldn't. I definitely do not want to be a buyer. I'm literally furthest away from it. But that's what, and that's where I started. That was what I was aiming to go into. But then once I was in it, I realized I don't want to take that route. And I think, is it Virgil or Virgil Abloh? I'm probably yeah, pronouncing his name really architect. wrong. And engineer. Yeah. And I think that's a great, and maybe sometimes as a black person, I don't know, he had to come with all the credentials but and I d- be excellent. But I do think yeah. also what's great about this kind of age we are living in is this whole kind of second career where you can train as one thing and then maybe in your 30s or even 40s or even 50s decide, you know what, I want to take a different career um, direction, mm-hmm. but still um, apply those skills and experience that you've learned in your um, previous career or business to now start something new so you have like someone like um virgil he was a- an engineer and he's um an architect it makes it so it works so well now working in the fashion industry but he comes with a whole kind of like technical experience that maybe a lot of other fashion designers don't have i don't know absolutely yeah so on that note let's take a short break Hello and welcome back to Colour Out The Box podcast and as always I'm Mo and Dio, Nathan. Now we're going to talk about highlight of the week and highlight of the week is where we shine a spotlight on something amazing that's happened in the past or something that we want to kind of bring to the attention of the listeners. So, Okay great, so the highlight of my week was actually to do with AfriClick where we, I, we were featured on a panel at the Europa Awards. Okay, so the Europas are pretty much, I would say, Europe's biggest tech awards ceremony. Oh, nice. So I don't want to, I wouldn't try and find popular you know cultures but i don't know like a bet or an emmy type thing but it's it's the europas <laughs> and basically the tech BTs, yeah. <laughs> no, but i was trying to say emmy mainstream emmys okay the, 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 the source awards, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> the source awards. <laughs> i 
<laughs> Europe is a mainstream uh, platform, so it's not culturally specific. It's yeah. not black. There's only one in tech. So it's backed by TechCrunch, okay. which is like the what Times is to business, TechCrunch is to tech. The, the best way to kind of like explain it it's like a tech news portal so i was on a uh, it was a panel called it was actually all about dating apps and the dating apocalypse and it was the panel was about hashtag me too oh, okay. and how that's altered kind of dating apps and how they behave i and feel like you need to come back and talk us through that yeah in terms of some of those discussions because I mean, without spoiling it, like, did do you feel like the Me Too movement has influenced dating behaviours and interactions with dating apps? Yes, um, I think it's a. <laughs> I think it's a interesting because it's it's a. I believe it's a culturally specific. Uh, okay. Sort of question, and because um, say on the panel, which I think why I was so excited to be on the panel there was a lady called uh, Hermione Way, who is uh, ex-Tinder. And okay. then there's a girl called, I think it's Valeria, pronouncing it correctly. She's the founder of Huggle, which is like a really big dating app. Okay. And then there's a founder of um, an app called Hey Vina, which actually matches women for friendship, but they're owned by Tinder. Oh, so basically okay. in terms of like tech parent companies on the panel, there was Tinder, there was Bad, and there was Badu who were represented, which are pretty much in the world, like they're like the biggest companies. And then there was AfriClick. So, yeah, of course, in amongst so, them, as they should be. So for me, yes, exactly. So it, it was it was really, well, at least for me personally, and I think for the kind of the brand as well, because even when we were having the conversation about dating, I was able to speak to things from a cultural perspective, which wouldn't have been represented at all. And I, I was getting quite a few tweets from like, even uh, Indian people in the audience saying, yeah, we absolutely get it, you know, okay. that, that type of thing. So, um, so yeah, that personally was the highlight of my week. I mean, it nice. was an amazing, uh, I mean, shout out to Mike Butcher, who heads up the Europa Rewards for even taking a chance and having AfriClick because we are early stage. As I said, our, our beta will be out in the next couple of months, whereas we were able to be on the panel alongside like some very other established dating apps and kind of represent. So... That was nice. definitely the highlight of my week. Nice. And as I said, we'll put all details about AfriClick in our podcast description. Nathan? Uh, my highlight of the week is probably not a well-known one, but um, somewhat political. Whoopi Goldberg. Um, this week on The View, bitch slapping Judge Jeanine Pirro was hilarious. Physically? No. I was going to say, I was going to say, I'm sure you'd have heard about that. (laughs) No, it was verbally. Uh, Janine Pirro is a um, conservative talk show host on Fox News and uh, whole grain grain, uh, Trump supporter. And she came onto The View and uh, tried to own the place, quite frankly. Um, The View, for those of you who don't know what The View is, and for once we're actually going to talk to the British contingent. Yeah, yeah. it's loose uh, women. It's, yeah, it'll be the loose, be loose women, um, but with something of a more, somewhat poli- more political, but mm. not hu- not hugely. I, I feel like it's on a par with loose women. Yeah. Well, I've never, how, how, does it actually work with loose women? Does, does yeah, yeah, I all think right. it's on a par. All right, so we'll go with loose, we'll go with a more glamorous loose woman. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, um, uh, Janine Perot came on, she tried to more or less shout down the entire panel on there, and... Um, I mean, I'm in two minds about Whoopi Goldberg sometimes. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. um, I, guess I was actually going to start with, like, I haven't actually done a big 
Hey, Whoopi Goldberg um, thing in a long time. But, you know, I think that while she's been on The View, she's actually been pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, I think she's found, you know, she's not really acting now anymore, is she? No, but I think in some of the things that she has said on The View, um, I don't know that I always support her views. No, well, yeah. you're not always going to support. Um, no, no, but, no. But so what I thought... that's what I meant by I'm in two minds about her. Just, yeah. um, but I can't waste back what she's saying. Agreed, agreed. But um, like I said, it was pretty good to see. I think Jenny uh, is somebody who really needs to be taken down a peg because she's, you know, when she's in her safe space on Fox News, she's the, usually the bully and everything like that. And then when she was put in a completely different situation, um, people gave it back to her. And then she was complaining about how she got bullied and she was abused mm. on the uh, on the show because they didn't allow her to um, speak at her points. Okay, I'll, I'll have a look at that. Um, okay, so we've come to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much, um, Nathan Dyer, for joining me today. Um, as always, you can find... Af- I was going to say AfriClick. Look at me. I'm <laughs> sorry. We I'm, can I'm, put, I'm, promo. We can put that in. <laughs> It's Look at at, me. <laughs> we'll put that in before. You can find us at www.africlick.com. You see, was, it's gone into my mind. A F R I C L I C K. We are at africlick.com. We are also at africlick on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow us, and we do give daily dating and networking motivational. So, we're actually a useful account to follow you because we will sort of remind you every day about how to date with dignity. Yeah, and there's you post some good, interesting questions as well. Some that get some a few, quite a few Instagram comments and discussions in the comment section. So yeah, definitely check that out yeah, and get us some t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, you can find Color Out the Bots on Instagram and Twitter. Do tweet us. Do we always reply? We love talking to everybody. Let us know where you're listening from as well, because it'll be good to know. And if you have any questions, do drop us an email or a DM as well. Slide into the DMs. It's, uh, our DMs are open and welcome. So, until next time, bye. Take care.